0: We're gonna stay here all night if we have to, so let's get started. It's time, America, for the number one conservative common sense podcast that's calling out all the social justice, political correctness crap, and putting it on the run. Do you think you can handle it? So hop in and buckle up and get ready to ride with two straight-shooting, tell-it-like-it-is ex-street cops. And they know how to party with few inhibitions. As they give the special interest and weak need politicians a swift kick in the ass. Wow, is that legal? with some good old-fashioned common sense bring it on baby it's cop talk usa with your hosts marillo and french hi everybody welcome to another edition of cop talk usa Uh, i'm here with my friend and mentor the wonderful dave marillo hey Raj, how are you how you doing buddy
1: yeah i'm i'm okay we could have had a better sports weekend here in uh, iowa and close by we had a Triangle uh, of losses, the Chiefs, the Bears, and the Cyclones. Oh, my God. Are you telling uh, I, I
0: can't even think that. It's
1: it's, uh, it's just, it was brutal. They're interchangeable. They're, they're interchangeable.
0: <laughs> the, only th- the only thing worse is talking about politics oh, in our government. Man. That's the only I, yeah, thing. Yeah, yeah, you're right. <laughs> hey, uh, one thing I saw, David, and uh, I think uh, we've talked about this, I saw a star. I was well, on video, or I was on YouTube and uh, Facebook and DMPD is hiring dispatchers, and there was a young lady there, and she, uh, yeah, was promoting that, and fa- I was very familiar.
1: impressed with her. I'm familiar with her. It's my daughter, my favorite daughter, uh, my only daughter, uh, Katie. My my word, she got her looks from her mom. I tell you that. <laughs> she she's uh,
0: sharp. She was sharp. I was impressed.
1: Yeah, she's a sharp uh, sharp young lady. She's been with uh, Des Moines PD as a senior public safety dispatcher now for about 15 years, and uh, she did a. Uh, public service spot for them because they are looking for dispatch applicants. So if you are a multitasker and you can handle bucket loads of stress, Duane PD might have a job for you. Now
0: how long has she been down there? Did you say 15 years? Man, that's a long time. Yeah. She, yeah, she's been down there and uh, I was just impressed with it and she's knowledgeable and got to be good on the phones.
1: Yeah. I mean, she, she's a super multitasker. She can be, talking on the radio, talking to somebody on the phone, typing, writing, and speaking with her fellow dispatchers, and, and, and all the good ones can do that.
0: Well, yeah, I think that's probably a requirement of the job, isn't it? It is. Those it is. guys, they're the ones that get the first calls. They're the ones looking out for the officers on the street. Um, they catch it all. They catch grief from the,
1: the street cops. They catch it from people on the telephone, sometimes internally. They're under a huge amount of stress and pressure. But if you're the correct personality, you thrive on that.
0: Well, I was impressed. I, the, Thank you. Des Moines always does a great job, and I know they put their best people forward, and, and she was it. Aside from being your daughter, I don't hold that against her. <laughs> <laughs> I don't hold that against her. <laughs> hey, wh- but one of the things that does lead me into is, you know, one thing we've never talked about is the requirement. You know, a lot of people don't know what it takes to become an officer, and I know every department has different standards, mm-hmm. different requirements, but when you and I went through and I That may be even different. It was quite a process. And and like I said, a lot of our listeners don't understand. If you want to become an officer, you just don't get hired on the street and here's a badge and go do the job. No. Uh, It's weeks and weeks and months of training.
1: It's it's, well, first of all, you got to meet the basic application requirements. And that's things like 21 years of age, you have to have a valid driver's license here in the state of Iowa, Uh, high school education or GED, one or the other. You have to be a citizen of the United States, no felony convictions or involvement in any kind of weird stuff. So I'm surprised you made it, Roger. Hey,
0: well, yeah. I beat the polygraph. But yeah, (laughs) Yeah, polygraph's a part of it. You've got to do physical agility, you've got to take a written exam. You've got to pass a polygraph. Yep. You've got to do a background check. And, Psychological and, 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 evaluation. Yeah. Now that one was borderline. I know you were borderline. <laughs> uh, the uh, the
1: uh,
0: and part of that background check is they send officers out to interview your family, your oh, friends. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, you know, if you've got bad credit, that doesn't. Work. So to become an officer, it's not for everyone. And and no. I know when I applied, there was I think 800, and 800 applicants. They wish like that, that was the case 22. now.
1: They wish yeah. that was the case now. If the, they're doing lucky. If they can get 250, 300 applicants, because they winnow them out real quick. You know, people they apply real well, and then as right. they get into their bins, you know, the police department's going to crawl into your woodwork like a termite. And they're going to find out all sorts of things you might not want them to necessarily know. But in the application process for a police officer, they're going to find out.
0: I I would love to have somebody who. Does that process who could tell the stories about the funny ones oh, that have applied that, oh, you know, I was just got out of prison yesterday. And there, yeah. You know, those, yeah, or yeah. yeah, you know, I'm on YouTube. I was a porn star. At one yeah. Time. I think that actually happened. I I'll never
1: forget. Uh, you know, they told me about an applicant who uh, had military service. And so previous employer, he put U.S. Army type of work war. Oh, yeah. <laughs> well, he didn't make it. He didn't make well, it. Now, anyway. we love veterans to apply. Don't get me wrong. If you're a sharp veteran, active or retired in the guard,
0: throw in an app because uh, they make some of the best cops. Well, everybody's applying today. Everybody's hiring. And like you said, I'm sure there's a shortage because, you know, right now that's the tide out there is against police officers. It's a, it's a tough profession. You're constantly being scrutinized and with the threat of you know this this current justice administration uh, coming after you for something that you know not everything you know th- that happens. So you gotta you gotta come into police work
1: today with a uh, with the attitude uh, being a self starter that you actually are there to help folks out and that you know that stress and danger coincide with what you're doing. Right, right, and a lot of people. Don't really understand that, and consequently, some don't make it out. Of, once they graduate from the academy, and real life slaps them in the face. Sometimes they they resign. Well,
0: there's a little difference between the, uh, you know, the academy and being out in the street. Yes, I, I can tell you, I found that out about the first month I was out. You know, I was out my. Oh, I my my new uniform and my shiny hat now we're not talking about the pigeon story yeah, yeah. but but <laughs> i remember taking a trip one night on the south side and, and i'm gonna make this short and sweet I was driving his car and he lost his it, it was and hard that night and this car was down in this in this guy's this person's yard driving off the street and was down in the yard i was off McKinley. and uh i pulled up and there's this guy he's, it's pouring rain he's great big son of a gun and i of course i'm gonna impress him I, what are you doing down there get that car out of there and and he looked at me. Oh, shut up! And I go. Hey, you want to go to jail? You know. Mm-hmm. And he's like, "What are you gonna do?" And he started swearing at me and challenged me to come down mm-hmm. there and, and make him go to jail. And fight. So at that point in my career, I decided, you know, I might want to reapproach this because I'm gonna be about to be in the rain <laughs> down in the mud, um, and I don't have back up close. It's a Saturday yeah. night. Everybody's. Been... So I said. So I changed the the philosophy. Uh, I said, Hey, why don't you uh, come up out of there and I'll help you. And about that time, the homeowner came out and started screaming at me. He wanted the guy to go to jail.
1: <laughs> I was yeah. like, "Shut up, go inside." Well, that's that's a classic example of common sense. Yeah. Okay, right. you didn't let your mouth overload your ass. Almost, almost, yeah, but you didn't. And see <laughs> yeah. that that's where a lot of folks can't make that decision in a split second to not uh, let their alligator mouth overload their canary fanny.
0: Well, it, it you know this whole thing with with officers having a hard time and doing that kind of you know we've had something going on the last week or two, and I it's not. Police work in Des Moines, Iowa, but this this border situation down there, with uh, our president uh, going after these uh, border patrol officers on their horses, and this false narrative that they were down whipping these guys and doing I I have never seen so much BS in my life. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. you know, support your people. First off, you got a bunch of criminals come across there, and not, maybe not all criminals, but they're not. They're they're far from complying with what the border officers asking, and everything these officers are doing on their horses. They're not whipping them, but they're doing what they're trained. Yeah. Well,
1: one thing, too, that people forget about is that these aliens, illegal aliens or migrants or whatever they like to be referred to, they're breaking our our immigration laws. They're they're coming here illegally. Okay? So that's the first point. The second point is, is that it's the duty of the United States president to protect the sovereignty of this country. And Biden is a failure on all fronts, in all capacities, in his position as president of the United States. There's I I ask for his supporters to tell me something good that he has done in the eight months he's held office. I openly solicit it. Not one person will pony up because they're afraid they're going to get ripped apart because there's nothing
0: good to say about it. Well, you sure don't see much of the... Uh, Those people, they've kind of melted into the, in the landscape. You don't hear about them now. Well, it's called buyer's remorse. (laughs) Oh, well, you know, and the thing that concerns me about this, not that I'm anti-immigration. Okay. Uh, I believe everybody can come to this country, but there's a legal way to do it. Number one, what really scares me is, and and this is my opinion. I don't think the next attack on this country will come from airplanes. I don't think it'll come from nuclear attack. I certainly don't think it's going to be an invasion. What it's going to be, it's going to be one of these uh, groups, these terrorist group, they're going to do something. So they're going to cook up some virus, and they're going to go down in Mexico, and they're going to go along that border, and they're going to spread it to all those people that are coming in. These human biological things are going to come over here, and your buddy Joe Biden is going to put them on buses and ship them around the country. Yeah, he's my pal. I, yeah, you know, yeah. I, I'm just telling you, that's the next deal. So from a, a homeland security standpoint, and you're not even stopping them, you're not even asking them to be vaccinated, you're not even trying to vent them a, a bit, I mean, it's criminal in my opinion. It's, it's, it's criminal. It's,
1: it's it's just a it's just a catastrophe on our southern border. But you know, he's proven to be able to do it overseas too. He did it in Afghanistan, cost brave U.S. service members their lives. But the thing is, you can't cut him down with facts without the radical left and the progressives attacking you. You can't say anything factual today without being labeled as a racist, a misogynist, a homophobe. That's what they do, and quite honestly, they do it very well. They have pulled the rug out from under all of us in the United States. They own us hook, line, and sinker at the polls right now, so it's incumbent upon all of us in the midterms and beyond to put people in office. Who are straight-thinking, patriotic, love America type people?
0: Well, I think what's going to happen, and maybe I'm wrong. 2022, we're going to have a we're going to have an election. I think we get the House and the Senate back. And as far as I'm concerned, they can start impeachment proceedings against this guy. I, I think what do. he has done has been criminal to what we're what we're talking about. If
1: you about. watch this guy, he's he's incapable of forming coherent sentences. He's a kept, managed person. Uh, oh, oh, I'm not supposed to take any questions. And he spins around and totters off,
0: you know, yeah. like some
1: little kid who just peed his pants.
0: Oh, yeah. You know? uh, well, the only thing, he, hes it's just terrible. Hey, uh, I forgot to do this at the start of the show, but one of the things I want to do and start doing it, so I apologize to our listeners, is give you a kind of preview of what we've got going today. We've got a big show. We've got some topics. We've already hit on a couple of them, uh, the horses and the dispatchers. We've got a, another deal we're going to talk about, an uh, officer-involved shooting in Ankeny, that they paid out some money, and I want to discuss that a little bit. We've got our normal uh, segments that you'll hear, the Ass of the Week, of course. Uh, we've got a new uh, segment, Spotlight on Excellence, if I can say that properly. And, of course, our emergency calls uh, told by the uh, uh, people, who uh, the responders who took them. And, of course, I don't want to be remorse, we've got a great guest today, Kelly Wills. He was a... Captain of the Des Moines Police Department for a number of years, and uh, I'll get into his resume uh, when we get him in. But you won't want to miss him, because he's got some great stories, some great facts he's going to tell you. And most of all, he's probably going to tell you some stories about this Dave Morello that you didn't yeah, know, well, that you need to he'll know. He'll be
1: on his best
0: behavior, Rod. <laughs> <laughs> okay, well, speaking of that, let's uh, let's jump into the the week. Shall we?
2: And now it's time for
0: Ass Hats of the Week. It's time. Yes, it's true. This man has no dick. He's a real asshole. Well, that 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 hits everybody. <laughs> <laughs> we love that. <laughs> David, I know you, you're rip to go. Oh, yeah. Let
1: me tell you about my Ass Hat of the Week, okay? If you've got any brains, then you have to be in agreement with me. The Ass Hat of the Week in my book is Alejandro Mallorca. He's this piece of work that it has the title United States Department Homeland Security Secretary. We've all seen him on TV trying to make chicken salad out of chicken shit on the southern border. He's doing a terrible job. He's another one of these weak-kneed, flimsy, doodah Biden appointees who's really just messing up every way he turns. He's a hypocrite. I can't stand looking at him. I, I I can maybe stomach two or three seconds, and right, I, right. I flip over to cartoons because you get a, you, you get, a, a be- you get, get a better more, narrative, more confidence uh, at yeah. a Woody Woodpecker yeah. than you got this guy. I mean, yeah. you a know, jun- Junior Bear, remember right. him? Uh, yeah.
0: Well, that's you know they all fall Biden. That's like falling nothing. I mean, whole, I, we really don't even know who's running that show, do we? Do we? Whole, do we even know?
1: The whole Biden administration is a catastrophe.
0: You know, I saw that uh, uh, Vice President. On there, of course, yeah. she was talking how racist it was that the uh-huh. border people were using yeah. horses and yeah. and just spewing this garbage. Yeah. And I'm like, and then she's she's proud that she's going to do something about the Internet. I said, wait a minute, lady. Go take care of the border. Okay. Take care of something uh serious instead of trying to, well, we're here. We're doing this for you. And, you know, they do the bait and switch. They want to get you here. They got us off of Afghanistan because they're focused on the border. Let me tell you something. You have so many problems. Everything's a problem. It's, yeah. it's all on the
1: table. She- she's uh well she was polling lower than whale you know what yeah in the Democratic primary that's why she dropped out and now she's our vice president
0: well <laughs> like I said it's my opinion if if they run he won't run again and I don't think their party wants her they'll that, have another primary
1: they're worried the Democrat and I have a well, lot they should of, be. I have a lot of Blue Dog Democrat friends and they're straight shooters they're good people and they are embarrassed by what's going on. They just won't say it publicly because they'll get attacked. Oh, you know? yeah, uh, yeah you know they'll get called
0: names. Well, it's 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 just so pathetic, and their and their policies are so terrible. And again, like you've said, I'll take the bad tweets over the over the good. Uh,
1: good you know stuff. what I'd do at this time? Because because I, I actually thought he was a decent president. Give me Bill Clinton back. Yeah. You know? uh, well him exactly. And, him and Monica can go share DNA in the Oval Office all they want. But he had a thriving economy. Uh, stock market was doing well. People were working. Hey, br- bring back Bubba. I'll well, take yeah, Bubba. Back.
0: You know, you got the mansions out there. We talk about Joe Mansion and there's some other people. Yeah. And of course, you know, uh, they're all in fighting over this new budget. The goofy uh, AOCs out there, they're all upset that it's not going far enough and It still doesn't, you know, they've got a a build back America better. They got all this infrastructure, but not one dime is going to border security in that whole thing. There's not one dime going to build the wall. It doesn't fit their narrative, Raj. And and they'll get you sued and they just trample. So they're a bunch of jokers. Oh, anyway, uh, the other thing I want to talk about today is, uh, and I don't know if you saw this, Ankeny, they, uh, oh, I don't know when it was. Uh, It was a while back. They had a officer involved shooting. Guy was a burglar suspect. Officer shot him, and he was unarmed. Uh, he was complying, and the video shows it. And the officer shot him, and you know it's hard telling why. Maybe he got geared up. Maybe he got you know just hard telling. But they didn't deny it, and they uh, awarded the the suspect five hundred fifty thousand dollars. Happened in two thousand nineteen. I'm sorry. Mm-hmm. Uh, and and one of the things I want to say about this, you know, even though that was probably an unjustified shooting, you know, it, it was a criminal. You know, they didn't try to prosecute. We didn't have riots. We didn't throw tantrums. You know, police officers are human beings. They make mistakes, just like the the gallop in in Minnesota who pulled her gun instead of her taser. You know, that wasn't intentional. She didn't go up and go, I'm going to shoot this guy because he's black or whatever. They didn't do that. So there are civil remedies to this and you don't have to ride every time you do it. You don't have to burn crap, you know, it's disappointing and this is where training comes in. I think more training with officers how to respond to this because officers are going to make mistakes there, you know, they're going to drive down the road and accidentally hit something. I mean, I think I ended the police van a couple times. I remember, know, but, yeah. But but you know, I mean, all I'm trying to say is it's not just innocent or guilty going to jail. There's civil penalties involved.
1: Well, there was no criminal intent on that officer's no. behalf, so that's that's the first thing. Second thing is, cities are real quick to settle these lawsuits, right? Because oftentimes it's cheaper than fighting them or risking losing millions. So I mean, I, I understand that a little bit, but uh, the the whole the whole in, the dynamics of these scenarios is that officers are are. They, they're, they're reluctant people. to get involved, or they're reluctant to get involved now. Right. And, and, and here's some news for you, folks: they don't have to get involved, and they get paid the same. Yeah,
0: they, I, can, yeah. I I don't have to drive yeah. sixty-five miles. I can drive yeah. drive ten miles over, and I'll get yeah. there when I get there. Yeah. And and uh, you know, no, if
1: you're hurt in an a, if you're injured in an accident, and you want a state trooper there as fast as as possible, right? That trooper's going to hustle to get there, but. He can. he's complying with the law to go 10 miles an hour over the posted speed limit and take his time getting there. Not that they would. So you want your cops to hustle. We do hustle.
0: Be aggressive. Be aggressive. Any
1: one of us three busted Fanny to get to where we needed to right. be. But if, if you're going to go there and get in trouble or get scrutinized, sued, reviewed, lambasted, accused of being badge-heavy – it's taken a toll well, on
0: One of the challenges I have with this is there's a guy, and I, I don't know, maybe there needs to be a different standard for someone who's breaking the law, okay? Now, granted, you can't shoot a guy for stealing hubcaps. I understand that. But the same token, it, it shouldn't be a big windfall for these people either. I, it just troubles
1: me but about it, that. Government's really good at not being creative on implementing penalties for people. It doesn't always have to be time in jail. I'll tell you, like all these people that were rioting in Des Moines and elsewhere mm-hmm. last year, make a federal law that says if you're convicted, if you're charged and convicted, right. you lose your cell phone for a year. Mm-hmm. Do you know how bad that would cripple BLM and Antifa and others who would lose their cell phones?
0: Take away take away any kind of funding, any unemployment, take that away. I mean, there's a lot of things that they can do monetarily I'm, I'm talking, too. If, yeah.
1: if you took the cell phone service away from these pukes, who are involved in civil unrest and in criminal activity, it would neuter them. They have they have no forum to get right. their message out to the media and to other people. And you know what? The cell phone companies, by flick of a switch, bam, they're turned oh, off. I, I, Happened to me yeah. on Facebook.
0: Oh, yeah. Yeah. Who hasn't been uh, kicked off? Facebook? You're, 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 we still have that segment. We haven't got we haven't got yeah, to that. Yeah, yeah. But uh, one of these days we're gonna we have a special segment called Shit, you can't say on Facebook, and I'm gonna, <laughs> and I'm gonna do that. That's coming. That's coming. Yeah. So wow. uh, anyway, on that, hey, um, I want to delve into something here that uh, a new segment that we're starting, uh, spotlight on excellence, and we're gonna do this. Uh, it's just a little segment that we're doing to highlight. A lot of people don't know about police departments, so we're gonna spotlight one a week and uh, give you some brief information. Today's uh, spotlight's on the Walkie Police Department out there, Walkie, Iowa. It's a suburb of Des Moines. Uh, They have a a city about 25,000, but it's one of the fastest-growing cities in the country. And uh, a good friend of ours, uh, John Quinn, is the chief out there. He's got 29 sworn officers. He's got three civilians out there. They have three divisions. They have a community protection division. That's what they call their patrol division. I thought that was a real user-friendly name for patrol, but they have that. They have an investigation division. They have a support division. Mm -hmm. So out of those 29 uh, officers... They've got four of them that are uh, do investigations and do workups on that. John uh, himself, I don't know if you know about John. He's been the chief out there for about eight years. He was with uh, uh, the DCI for a number of years and retired and went and took that job. Back in uh, 1977 and 1981, he was the Iowa State Cyclone quarterback. Was yep. all Big Eight. Yep. Really a heck of a, a ball player and a great guy. He does, he does uh, some Cyclone uh, radio up there for them now on his off time. One of the things I was talking to him about, we were chatting today on the phone, is that he hires athletes. They find that to be really good. He's got an Iowa State football player up there. Uh, I'm not going to go into names, but he's got an Iowa State football player. He's got an Iowa football player. He's got three or four other people that are involved in college athletics up there. Mm-hmm. Of course, I said you probably had to, you know, train that Iowa player, give him a little extra help. Oh, no, there you go. There you, go. <laughs> you know that. Mm-hmm. But uh, John kind of laughed about that, but... He does that, and and uh, they're doing real well out there, and uh, he thinks they'll be adding some more officers as that city grows because it's really taking off. It's, Suburbs is, it's, it's is a, a little boom. different it's animal. Booming. It's booming.
1: Uh, it's, it's growing like a weed. Coincidentally, right before I came on the police department in 78, I was working out at Marquette Cement while I was going to college, right. and a lot of John's. Co-players got summer jobs out there oh, that yeah, I worked yeah. with, and so I, you know, I'm not going to throw their names out. But if I throw their names by him, I know he's going to recognize.
0: Well, John, and he's done such a great job out there, and you'd be surprised with a with a fast-growing city. They have a lot of the same challenges. Uh, you know, they have, they have crime out there. Trust me, and they have. A, uh, but a lot of it you don't see. They have a lot of domestics. That's a, that's what you call a neighborhood community. It's more more households and rooftops and than uh, I, uh, commercial. Rog, I don't think Hickman
1: Road ends till it hits Omaha now, does it? <laughs> no, it just goes and goes <laughs> and goes and they got all kinds of stuff out yeah, there. Westbound and down.
0: Well, uh, here's what I want to do now, if everybody's okay. I want to bring in somebody that uh, has been around and I've known him for a long time. He's... Uh, been a commander down at the Des Moines Police Officer, uh, Des Moines Police Station. Dave, I know you. You went through the academy with him.
1: I did. We are co-members of the forty-third recruit class. Started September eighteenth, seventy-eight, and we graduated January seventy-nine.
0: Well, he he has been down there, and so what? Thirty-six years is it something like that? But anyway, Kelly Willis is on the air with us today, and I appreciate you coming on, Kelly, today. And thanks for having us, Roger. My appreciate my my, my gosh. Uh, the, the experience between you two guys i just had a little time down there but you guys got a ton of it so. yeah but you
1: made you left your impression down there. oh yeah yeah. I mean, yeah yeah i backed
0: i got some dents in the the wagon and <laughs> uh-huh. you know uh, i i had some fun down there kelly tell me a little bit about your experience and everything you've done share with our listeners
2: well we, we you know we are a brotherhood roger you know it doesn't matter if you've been down there five years or 30 some years like dave and i both were um I was blessed to go on uh, when I did back in 1978, as Dave said, and met Dave Murillo. Uh, It was kind of a unique situation. Back then, we used to run the block. I I know you know the block, but the block was a four-mile scourge of a run. And Mm -hmm. uh, we had a a DO, basically a a training officer, and one got the freeway car, and it Uh had a big bumper on it. and. (laughs) He also chewed snooze, so he oh, would, yeah. in, uh, his indignity. He would drive along and spit if you were riding too slow, and if you happened to stop, he would just bump you with the freeway car. And oh, yeah. I know David remembers yeah, that. Oh, he's no. a big now, yeah. now, David. Became quite a prolific runner. He really did. He he was a very good runner. But back then he couldn't run at all. But on the, yeah, on the start, he couldn't he, run he at was all. Breaking
0: up the rear. Oh, and yeah,
2: Dave right. Dave had a little problem. I'm just going to come out and say that he didn't, in his own words, like white boys real well. Oh. Uh, <laughs> he grew up with a lot of Hispanic people okay. in Valley Junction who are right. many of my dear friends. Okay, uh, and sure. I won't mention names now. But but one day uh, Steve Bogle and I were at the front of the pack and our prolific do decided that we needed to go back and bring up the rear and one of them was we called fast freddy and david was back there and david when he when you went up to him he would just kind of look at you and puff up and not uh, breathe and flex muscle, his muscles yeah, yeah. and act like he's going to rip your head off and i finally had to tell him you got no air you couldn't catch me if you had to <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> so yeah. let's just make the, the, let's just make the best of this yeah and we became dear friends i would say right. probably brothers right. uh, his uh, dad who passed not too long ago right. was my second Abe? yeah. abel years, was my yeah. second uh, dad yeah and he
1: he loved kelly and uh we have uh, we have been through a lot together there's no doubt about it and uh you know, we'll we'll be there for each other till one of us has taken a dirt nap. Yeah.
2: <laughs> but but it was a different time, Rogers, yeah, you was. know, and, and yeah, when you sure. came on and, and a few of the points you, you hit. I, I was very fortunate to I started as a police cadet. I was a dispatcher right. and I worked all the way up to being a captain and my last job was in charge of our police academy. And okay. you talked about recruiting and you talked about some of the stories when I did some of those background investigations. Uh-huh. And I can just tell you, a few people weren't hired because of bestiality. Oh uh, that no. was that was a couple Ooh, of. Oh, that's things. a rough one. There were a few people that <laughs> yeah. were put into prison because of past felons that, oh, that no. they talked about. <laughs> they,
0: were, they had warrants out for yeah, them. <laughs> well,
2: and well, they just actually confessed to some crimes that, that oh, showed word. up during the. So it it isn't. Uh, an application process for the meek and mild.
0: Well, and criminals aren't the smartest people <laughs> yeah. in the world. Well, so yeah. if
2: you're, uh, if you've done a felony, it's probably not wise to apply for a police department. No, uh, that's a good way to get caught. But yeah. those are just some of the things. Dave squeaked by. Well, and one of the other things that was always talked about was education. And I just love it when the liberals or when the cop naysayers would always say, well, you know, you're just a dumb cop. You're just an yeah. uneducated, dumb cop. Well, We also have some cops down there that were highly educated, but they truly were dumb cops because academic wise, they were very intelligent, but they had no common sense. And, my dad used to call those educated idiots. Right. Rob, well, and we Rob had was a wise man. <laughs> we had a few of those. However, I got tired of hearing that, and I, I think I told you that my mom was really disappointed that I didn't go on through college. So I right. finally did, and DMPD was great. They would give you uh, $1,500 a year for education. Well, you're not going to they still anywhere, do that, don't they? Yeah, they do. It's yeah. A higher, if you're not going anywhere. So right. I ended up getting a master's degree from Harvard and Drake. So... You in think the, that helped you in the promotional process? Well, I, at the time back when we did, you had to. Yeah. yeah, it was a game that you had to play. Especially, I'll just come out and say it. If you weren't a minority, you better have education. Yeah. And because that's what the Chiefs set their goals on. Nowadays it's I think not that's so changed. much. No,
0: I don't I don't yeah. Today it's about qualifications. Right, right. Really
2: but think, but back yeah. then that was you were told that. And it was also a, a situation, though, where You know, it was great to go into some people that would sit and list their resume, and you would have a debate with, and they're talking about their academic, you know, background. I say, well, wait a minute, here's mine. Yeah, and and so that's really why I did it. It wasn't, it didn't get me any further down Mm -hmm. there, but it's something that nobody can ever take away from me.
0: Well, I think that the uh, it's changed today, but I I understand because I remember a story coming out about a firefighter. You know, the fire department had a quota; they had to hire X amount of minorities. And they hired one, and he couldn't even read street signs. But they hired him because they had to hire him. And I think we've gone past that. I think Dana down there does a pretty good job. I still don't. Uh, I don't have any interaction with the civil service, so I don't know where they're at on this stuff. I mean, obviously, Dave, you've dealt with those folks a lot more.
1: Yeah, you? there's a there's a political vein that permeates the civil service commission. Sometimes yeah. that's good, and sometimes that's bad. Yeah, it just depends what you got cooking in front of them. I know a lot of people have been hired because of who they knew Mm. or who their uh, relatives knew on the Civil Service Commission as far as promotions. Uh, Kelly's talking about promotions. I was approached numerous times to take the lieutenant's test. And I would have, but I I wanted to guarantee. I want to make sure I stay on days. Because I don't want to go to 311 patrol or nights. It's no challenge to me. I did eight and a half years on night patrol, part of it with you. And then being chief steward and president of the association, that's not a challenge to me. I also did timekeeping. Okay. Right. I, that, that, there's no challenge. Put me on days if I get promoted.
2: Right. I'm in. But they wouldn't do it. So you stayed where you were You were guaranteed to go to nights. I mean, pretty much That's every – yeah. Yeah,
0: If you're getting promotions, you're going to the bottom of the stack. Yeah, because you're you're
2: the low man on the totem pole again. A couple other things you talked about was the – you know, listening to your earlier show, uh, and you guys are dead on. Uh, There's a few things, though, that – you know, there's this thing in the media. I want to go back to the horse patrol thing. Horses right. go with eons. They, they're a, a great weapon in law enforcement. This isn't a nuance. This isn't something that just occurred at the border. Uh, Boston, New York, Chicago, <laughs> any major metropolitan. We tried to get them in Des Moines and we have a horse patrol, but not for that purpose, not for crowd control. Right. But that's what they're used, especially when you have to span long areas mm-hmm. uh, such as a river. Right. Uh, you know, and, and the river border. Uh perfect tool and it's just a tool it's much like a dog but you also hit on the key that the criminal element if those people don't try to outrun don't try to you know don't try to enter illegally then you don't have to worry about yeah. that but the other portion with law enforcement today and i i worry because i have a son who's a, who's a des moines police officer right is that you you also we you know for years and years and years our country's been predicated on the principle innocent until proven guilty right in law enforcement uh, it's you're guilty. It's
0: the other way around. And it's
2: guilty. It doesn't. And I'll go back to Ferguson, Missouri, and nobody wants to talk about Ferguson, Missouri anymore.
0: No.
2: Uh, you know, once the DNA evidence came out and the DNA evidence of the gentleman that died was right. on the police officer's handgun, it sure went away. But that poor officer is probably working now at Menards or he never, all he was doing was his job. He did his job. and was doing right. And they, and they push And just like this horse thing
0: down the border, Biden's out there jumping on these guys on a false narrative. They even have people, witnesses down there that say, Hey, this didn't happen. He's out promoting, coming after these guys. I'm, I'm proud by the way of the Texas governor going back. Yeah.
2: Going to back say. to the Ferguson thing though, the officer had the orbit of his eye broke by the suspect who now has a statue up for him. And this yeah. has nothing to do with race. This has to do with, you know, justice should know no color. Period. That's right. It, it's just that simple. But when an officer is injured to that point and the suspect's DNA is on his gun, that means it's a justified shooting. Well, yeah, no matter he, was who trying, is. he was trying
0: to get his gun. Right. Exactly. He gets that gun. He's going to be dead.
2: But where's the officer? Where's his retribution? Where's his civil? Uh, you know, he lost his job. And I he I don't know today uh, because he's had to go into hiding. But he's probably working at a Lowe's or Menards or I know he's not a police officer where he should
0: be. And I, and I uh, don't know if other departments tried to hire him or offered him the job. Again, I go back to... Uh, You know, Texas governor, he's offering to pick these guys up if they get fired. Good for him.
1: Here's what should terrify every American regarding Biden, bumbling Biden down here at this border regarding the the horse patrol uh, situation. He acted as the judge, jury, and hangman and said that uh, they will pay Anytime a U.S. president says some foolhardy crap like that, you better worry. And it doesn't matter what your political flavor is because the backbone of our judicial system is based on the premise of, and it's a good one, innocent until proven guilty beyond a reasonable doubt. And he's already convicted yeah. them cops. By yeah. a jury
2: of your peers. Yeah. That's that's the other portion of that. And, and you know, that's – I taught criminal law, criminal investigation at right. the college level for, uh-huh. for many years. And that's what people – that's it's just like our constitution it says what it says it doesn't say what you want it to say or what you interpret to say it says what it says most people don't understand the second amendment it really isn't about your right to have a gun it's about keeping your protection from a tyrannical government is well, what the second amendment this
0: did de- this deal with these with these people in washington like I said, we need a change, and they're they're they are so anti law enforcement. And the first chance they get to turn a, turn a narrative and make it bad, whether it's true or not, they do it. Yeah. I
2: I would love to see an investigation, and someday we'll all be dead and gone. I call Biden's administration a covert administration. Biden is just the puppet. He he's yeah, the on. poor guy yep. that they're using. There is a covert operation there, and it, it's it's not his vice president. I I think it goes much. A deeper with Sarah Rose and, and some of these Soros, other, yeah. yeah, some of I, these I, other people. I, I don't
0: know who's pulling the strings. out of I don't either, them. I yeah, guess, but I, I sure I, like to. It, 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 well, <laughs> and you know, with Soros getting involved, and we've been talking about this, Dave, um, with local politicians, and we have a, a real good one coming on next week. I won't say who it is today, but if you want to tune in because this is someone our next show you're going to want to hear. Uh, she's running against Cindy Axney, and uh, this is somebody we support. But we're also talking about our can- at. The county attorney level. And when you have people like Soros who's putting money in some of these uh, county attorneys, like the guy in, in uh, LA, oh my God. And uh, you've got to pay attention to
2: that. Well, Roger, I'd like to piggyback with what you're saying here. Everybody gets upset with the federal level. And to be honest, the federal level doesn't, as Dave's favorite saying is ham and eggers. It doesn't affect, it affects us, but not nearly as much as your school boards, your county boards, your city boards, People have to get, they can't sit back on Facebook and just chat now and talk about and vent. You have to go out. And Mm if you, for instance, I was going to run for a position and I found a gentleman who I went out and I'm going to throw his name out because I really think he's impression, uh, impressive. His name is Shad Clayton. Okay. And once I sat and talked with Chad and he's an African-American, we share many similar values, right? He's former military. He's a father. He cares about his kids. He's getting involved because he he feels a need to, to protect the United States of America for his children who are like kindergartners and so on. And kudos for them. I, we're all old horses here, right. but it's great to see, I call youth because he's 30, 30 to 40, you know, it's great to see people like that, that we can come together and you know, I, I right. want to say about politics now, it's far right, far left, but where's the 80% of us that all pretty they're much agree? are the law
1: people. Yeah, we pretty they're, much they're agree gonna, on. They're going to show up in 22. Well, yeah. I, I, <laughs> they're coming, Kelly. I they're hope gonna so. be here. You know, <laughs> Roger, right. Kelly, it's not funny, but if you want to see a depiction of the kind of president we have, just watch one of these Jeff Dunham ventriloquists. Routines with his puppet Walter. Not only does that puppet look like our president, he's about as smart, and he's being operated by Jeff Dunham's. Well, that's I've right. That. So, that's somebody's
0: somebody's running the show. But uh, you know, getting back to this, we've got to take a stand on the national level, but we need to do it on the local level, and we need to pay attention. And with it, we've talked about this: school boards, the whole nine yards. You got to get involved folks, yeah, you got yeah. you gotta question these guys because that's where this starts and a lot of these people. And the nice thing that I see is uh, about the Republican candidates and and or, or the law enforcement. anyway, we're taking candidates not based on their colors. It's based on their qualifications and what they're doing and what they're saying. I think the other folks out there, the liberals and the woke folks all want they're they're about a, a look and a narrative and, and, and you gotta you gotta
1: beat them at their own game, like I said before. we I give them one hundred and fifty percent credit. They have thumped the Republican Party. The Republican Party has been complacent, sat on its ass, and allowed the Dems, the Dem Party, to be pirated by radical left, progressive communists. And they're the ones running this this country right now. They hold all the power positions. I can I can,
0: t- I can tell you right now, we're going to do our shit. Yeah. call these people out, yeah. and support the ones that. And need he, to be you know, there. here's
1: nothing too, Rod. You bring up a great point. If you're a, a radical left progressive and you'd like to come up on our show and debate us. Doors come on in. Come, come on in. Come on here, because we'll, 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 we'll beat leave you. the gloves on. We'll, we'll leave, leave, leave the gloves on. We'll beat you with fact. You
0: can
2: even come well armed.
0: Yeah, I think we can go through that. And I mean, I get to sit here and talk about that all day. I'm just it's just so irritating. One of the things I want to do, Kelly, if you don't mind, is we want to go into a segment now, and we do this quite often with our guests, especially the police officers, because they're the ones who've done it. Uh, and you, Dave, I don't know if you guys ever worked together or not. Probably not, but just to the cabinet, yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah. I'll ke- Kelly. I'll leave this one to you. This is a segment called Emergency Calls from uh, the folks who take them, and what we're looking for is a story from you—a call that shook you to the bone that listeners might not hear. You know, they don't hear the—they hear the the glossed over stories and the PIO stories, but they don't hear from the officers who took them. And we don't get real graphic because obviously there's there's people involved. These are real life, real stories. But uh, uh, Bob, you want to hit that? Real emergency trips Told by the officers who took them Okay, go
2: Yeah, we, I was uh, on tactical unit Which was a special operations unit Back in the 80s And we got a call that a little girl uh, Got sucked down a drain at Nolan oh, Plaza wow. And I happened to be close When, when, was, when was that? In, uh, I want to say 1980. Five, e 1985. They had to pond the water out there. Yeah, and her name was Roberta Peters. I'll, re- I'll repeat right. her name because this is a rather lengthy story. But at any rate, uh, I was in uniform. Uh, Charlie Tedesco, who happened to be my rope tender when I was diving, right. we, right. we right. partnered up. You were a diver. Uh, yeah. yeah, Charlie uh, got a hold of me on another radio. I met him there. We were on bikes, motorcycles. Uh, somebody brought a scuba tank from the office because it wasn't far from Nolan Plaza. Uh, I threw off my gun belt, my shoes. Um, jumped in with the tank didn't know what i was jumping into right, but it was right. a grate that had been pried open bubbling the water still bubbling uh, down at nolan plaza went down with the Kellite, light which police all all know that charlie happened to have and flashlights yeah yeah started swimming through this corridor which was just like a doorway seven foot tall 36 inches wide but it was 18 foot deep and to get through to this girl there was a slow turning fan that was circulating the the Uh water i i was focused on her i saw a little red dress floating up towards the top of the far end so that's where i went swam through this fan and she she was stuck on a pipe that it was suction and so what happened was when i i pried her off and rolled her over she floated to my chest i took my regulator out and divers will know what purging means but i purged her three times to give her oxygen right and turned around and started swimming for the light well when i Got to the other end, I hit my head on a pipe, and Charlie reached down and grabbed me by the collar, pulled us both out. When I woke up, I was at Methodist Hospital, and uh, the little girl, Roberta, was setting up asking for her mom. Oh, great. Um, yeah, I was so excited. Uh, that's incredible. It was a was a movie ba- or a show back then. They were going to come and do this. Well, the doctor came over, and I'm still good friends with this doctor. I'm not going to mention his name, but he said, we well, have to know the water temperature down there there's a thing called the mammalia water uh, drowning syndrome, right. cold water drowning syndrome. Well, the water was about two degrees too warm. So what happened was I'm not a doctor, but the thalamus and the the spinal fluid mixes. And she ended up dying like uh, 17 hours later. Oh, no. um, this little girl was two years old right? and a beautiful little girl sitting up asking for her mom. And uh, I lost my daughter about six months later to a high fever, just on an on a unrelated thing. But, I want to speak a little bit about post-traumatic shock disorder because or syndrome, a lot of people call it different things. Dave probably had, most cops have it. And it's, it's not where you sit with a bottle of Jack Daniels and you have a gun in your hand. Um, I think anybody that goes through a traumatic experience, whether you're a citizen cop, army, military, whatever, people have this and I have a reoccurring dream. I can't tell when it'll be, but I pull this little girl off. And when I roll her over, it's my little girl who passed away's face. And, you have that. And a lot of policemen, when if they've been in shootouts, will have a deal where they'll get the draw on the bad guy. When they shoot, the bullet will just roll out and fall out the end of their gun if they've been in shooting things. But it's really not something that's understood. Um, I would tell police officers they need to if they need help with it, talk to somebody need help. Talk to somebody. I, yeah. I, my case is, isn't terrible, but I wake up in a bad mood. You're, you have sleepless nights. Dave has stories. I'm sure where he has reoccurring dreams. Maybe you do, right? No, I don't know. No,
0: I, you know, I can, I can't even begin to imagine what it's like to lose a child. I almost lost my son. I didn't thank God. He was in an accident and a uh, motorcycle. It was bad. And he died a couple of times. They brought him back to life and the people down at uh, Memphis did a great job. Um, did you go see somebody? Did you talk to anybody? Did you ever talk to anybody about that? And I don't want to get in your private No, business. no, no,
2: that's fine. We had a, a, I had a friend by the name of Patrick Sullivan, who right. was our police psychiatrist. Mm-hmm. Uh, he ran around with Rick Carson, which is the late sure. chief in, in West. And, and he and I would chat about things. Uh, unfortunately, he had his own demons to deal with and, and that wasn't successful. But no, I, I have good friends and I never kept it bottled up. I would sit and talk to Dave. A lot of people don't know this, but when I unplugged my little daughter, Dave was in the room with me uh, crying about it. So it was one of those things that, you know, uh, we have good friendships that we can chat about, those types of things. Does
0: the police department have a psychologist on on staff? Yes, they
1: do. They also have a peer support group. And this is a group of your peers that will come in during a tragedy or a crisis and let you talk about what happened to them and it's all confidential.
0: Okay. They, yeah,
2: I, my son's part of that. He was involved in a fatal shooting a few years back, and now he's part of that peer support group where officers can. They talk he, to him in that. He actually reaches out through the department. They have a schedule and, and they do those. Do you things. guys,
0: do you guys know is the uh, suicide rate among first responders still high? Is it? Yeah, still it, high? it is high. It we is just so had high. one uh, a year ago.
2: I mean, yeah. who, had, nobody had would one. have ever thought. Yeah, uh, retired guy. Retired. He active. Now. He's worked for me for many years and a great guy. Nobody would have ever suspected.
0: Well, sometimes those things uh, creep underneath the skin and people are good at hiding it. Yeah. Most of the time they do. And that's really, uh, that's really something, but well, I want to talk now. I'm going to go to a lighter side. And I always ask this. Nobody can answer this one. Tell me the funniest trip you've ever been on. We call them trips, calls, but in in police world, it's called a trip.
2: Well, we, I was a young rookie officer on the South side and, you talked about seniority, we we had a lady called crazy Nancy and turned out crazy Nancy was just lonely for, but she would call in and her story was Bing Crosby was on the roof playing spoons on her chimney and there were racehorses running in her basement. And it was always the same story, but she police would go over there and they'd try to tell her no, no, no. Well, back then, uh, after about the fourth time, I just got my 12 gauge out and it wasn't loaded, but she didn't know that. Right. And I walked in the door and I said, Hi, Nancy, what's going on? She said, and I said, I'm going to solve this one. And I racked the shotgun and I started down the basement and I said a few words. And she said, oh, no, 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 officer, don't, don't really. And so we never got a call back, but you had people that would just reach out for you. you I had, I
0: I remember there was one on the South side and I never went on this call, but uh, the story was she would call policemen over there and leave her door her sliding glass door unlocked. And when you went inside, she was. Not wearing clothes and she yeah, was she was always calling now. the police officer did you go on that one sorry i had crazy oh. nancy i didn't no. <laughs> <You're crazy. laughs> Nobody
1: had. Yeah. I, but
0: i don't think this was a good good naked kind yeah. of I'll,
1: I'll tell you what, one of my favorite and kelly and i were not yet on the department yet but our field training officer at the academy ron white talked right. about this one white man and white man he said and i do not mention the officer's name but uh, he was young new full of piss and vinegar ready to save the world of crime he gets assistant fire rescue down on the bottoms on thanksgiving day on a woman choking so this officer busts fanny to get there he's first one there he tilts the head back she's a large lady and she's choking to death on the kitchen floor so he pulls the chin open does the mouth sweep tips her head back He's going to do mouth to mouth on her. Well, the minute he put his mouth over her, she vomited her Thanksgiving dinner up into his mouth. Oh
0: yeah. That's always a, yeah. a fun, so, that's happened more than once. Well, that usually people. does happen. But like, a lot of, people do. a lot of, there was, you know, a car accidents that happened to a guy in my academy class. He was out, he was out for a couple of weeks with the officer and they went on a, on a accident. And the guy was, had uh, they were doing CPR and the medic said, you do the mouth. on him."
1: And that's exactly what happened. You know, we talk about this and the, Here's the irony of this. None of us three and none of our active or retired peers before until they became police officers knew the realities of law enforcement, the real life tragedies, comic, the, the the good things, the bad things. And when they're subjected to that, you know, it changes you. It makes you a realist. And then when you watch some of these news stories and some of these mainstream reporters talking smack, it just infuriates you because they don't know what the hell they're talking
0: I, about. I just can't envision. I couldn't do the job today. I just couldn't because I couldn't take all the scrutiny. And the. And not that we did our jobs bad, but the you're getting scrutinized by people that don't know their head from their ass and, yeah. and
1: anything about the job. Well, and, and one thing, Kelly – in, in you too, Roger. Remember, sometimes you got to get down in the gutter, language wise, to get some right. puked moat right. to understand what, that you mean business. And right. if that involves, you know, f bombs or whatever, you do it. Now, I can tell you this: I I. I don't recall ever hearing a Des Moines police officer on an official trip or otherwise drop the N-word. I just don't recall that. But they're accused of being racist all the time, and they're not. You You know, the funny
2: thing with that, what Dave's saying, I I had 22 surgeries as a police officer, job-related. Right. Uh, I figured it up the other day, 18 or 19 were responding to calls to help African-American or people of color. I didn't sit down and say, well, wait a minute. But, you know, the blood, my point is, is you risked your life to the point of serious injury. There's a
0: story I remember, and I think it involves you, where some officers were up on the block. And it was a fight argument, a a domestic deal with a bunch of families out out in the yard. And was it you? One of the officers, when they got all done, they went to leave, they turned around he had a steak knife sticking out of his vest. That was,
2: yeah, that was wasn't there. It was down in the southeast bottom. It was the yeah. southeast bottom? Yeah, and, and it, he had a it was knife. a domestic. It was a barbecue fork. I got stabbed with a barbecue fork, and you,
0: and you didn't know it at the time.
2: No, I the late. No, I didn't know until the officer came in and responded and and told me when he grabbed this woman who'd been beat with a hammer, right. a, a steak tenderizer. Uh, I had the guy down and was cuffing him. It was the husband, drunk, right? You know, and then he turned around, and look, and it was a steak knife that was stuck in my vest. Unfortunately,
0: uh, well, you yeah, wore the best. Yeah, the What, you, what did she mean to stick you, or was this a misdeal? Oh, no, with no, husband? no.
2: She it was her fault that he should he didn't need to go to jail because it was oh, her fault. She for, turned on you, yeah, yeah. which and has happened the, before. Most domestic, many domestic. Oh did. Yeah. They, yeah,
0: they want to unarrest these guys after they want them arrested. They want right, to
2: arrested. Right, right, right,
0: right. Uh, well, it's it's uh, it's very sick. well. What I want to tell you guys is is uh, you know it's it's all changed today, and uh, you know with the politics out there. My word! I don't know what we're going to do, but we're going to do our best to expose. It's going to
1: get better, Rogers. Starting in twenty twenty two at midterms, folks. Uh, If you're not happy with the direction of this country, and eighty percent of you are not, get your butts out and vote for moderates. Damn the political affiliation. Vote people in who will. Carry your message, your theme, your values into elected positions. It's just that simple. Absolutely and
2: well spoken. And for those of you that want to be law enforcement, yeah, whether it's dispatch, police, don't give up your dreams, don't give up your hopes. It's a bell curve. Right now, we're at the very bottom of the valley, but it will get better. My consulting. I think think it's starting to swing. I think so. We have great leadership. Uh, You know, I get calls. I have my own consulting firm, and we get calls. Can you help us recruit? and my honest answer is no i can't right now because these are small departments departments that you have to understand police departments are much like major league baseball let's say des moines is the chicago cubs and west des moines is the iowa cubs and then you filter down they just rob from each other and right right now these small towns are hurting
0: what they they can do is in my opinion is come out make a statement let let the media know let your uh, citizens know you support your law enforcement you know you're not going to bend to criminals and and these special interest groups who support them the blms the Antifa's. you're not going to tolerate that and when you do that your department will be recognized as that's somebody i want to work for because they stand up and, and this, stand this up is this is the
1: fact worth repeating i've said it before i'll say it again it's a fact that less than one half of one percent of all police officers across this country annually run afoul of the law. Right. Less than one half—that's better than clergy. Okay, oh, yeah, <laughs> way. Yeah, better we know than about the clergy. Yeah. I mean, that's, uh, I'll take—I'll take that—that uh, that percentage any day of the week on any profession.
2: And Roger, you're absolutely right. We have the leaders such as uh, the Chief Winger, Chief Scott, Chief Quinn. That stand up for their officers, and they will not tolerate them not having their day in court. That doesn't mean they won't be investigated, but you're not going to say they're guilty. And
0: not only until will they, they have stand day up in court. for their officers against people out in the public, they'll stand up against a, a a rogue city council person who is is a socialist, and and we've got a couple of those that are
2: bad. I, I want to say one thing, and I I'm not uh, I, I have a lot of admiration for Chief Wingert. We we didn't work real closely together. I think during my tenure, he might have worked for me for a little while, but You know, during the riots, you know where he was? He was on the front line right in the middle.
0: He was down by the bridge.
2: Right in the middle. And that's, you lead from the front. Dave and I have talked about that. We've, I don't care what your rank is. When it comes down to that badge, it says police officer. And every day is a new day. You have to earn respect every day. And that's not only of your peers, but of the public. But. I'll, I'll tell you, he was right up front, and that's where he should be.
0: Well, you need to do that. You need to support them. You need to support the union. When they're right, paying these officers, getting them paid. Uh, I just saw a deal in uh, Nevada where the Nevada State Patrol is a real problem. They're losing all their people because they're going to better-paying jobs, uh, more money, and uh, they've got a real problem. There's it. a big article, and, and uh, I – encourage our listeners to pull it up and look it up but yeah you're right they've got to be there and support in many different ways and they need the support of the city council and they need a chief who will stand up against the city council who starts that
2: and that's why we were talking goes back to our point earlier this all starts at the local level school boards teach your children they teach them right wrong you know uh, city officials county officials you cannot just let this academia style pie in the sky be, philosophy go on. It's the, the real life day-to-day operation of your life. Well
0: guys, I gotta tell you, you're not gonna believe this, but we're at the end of our show. You're kidding me. Uh, <laughs> we can go we can we can sit down here for hours. We're and- just getting warmed up. <laughs> I yeah. know we're just getting fired <laughs> up. I'm gonna give you guys but before we go, I'm gonna give you a last shot, last word, David. Uh been a great show.
1: Been great having my compadre here, Kelly Willis, and kudos to you too, Frenchman. Thanks, I mean, you are two uh balls out street cops. I'd walk into a firefight with either of you two
2: any day of the week. I appreciate that, Kelly. Blessed to have both your companies and I'd love to come on anytime you want me. We
0: want to have you back because there's other things that we want to go over, and it's it's great yeah. having somebody with a command presence that's been in top administration that's commanded people before. Yep. Uh guys, one thing I want to right. tell our audience, check us out, Cop Top USA dot uh, com uh, get there uh, within the next week we'll be on all the other platforms Twitter and and uh, all those you'll be able to check us out um, as always send us uh, an email let us know what you think good or bad send mail to us uh, like I said I take money Dave takes the anthrax we'll go from there <laughs> okay guys thank you very much nice. have a great week yeah, nice,
2: yeah. Thank you. you've been listening to Cop Talk USA with your hosts Marillo and French.